This podcast is proudly brought to you by Soul Street Coffee. Start your day with a smile. You can visit them at www.soulstreetcoffee.com. And Anchor, the premier podcast hosting platform. Are you interested in launching your own podcast? Please visit them at anchor.fm. Welcome into our off-season mini-series for the National Football League. Hi, everyone. I am Summer, and I want to thank you for joining us. I am pleased to be joining Billy and Kenneth as we prepare to cover the National Football League in 2021. Kenneth announced on Twitter that with all of the cancellations and postponements in the NBA and with the unique realignment for this season in the NHL due to COVID that it was best for us as a network to take a step back, reevaluate, and strengthen our football databases for the NFL. So now that we are finishing up those new databases for the National Football League, we will do a three-part series for each division. Part 1 will look back at how each team finished the 2020 season and a look ahead to for them in 2021. We will look at their cap situation, draft picks in the first three rounds of the 2021 draft, and what is their biggest question going into this period. Part 2 will be a look back after the first wave of free agency moves and look ahead to the NFL draft. And finally, Part 3 evaluate the teams after free agency and the draft. If you have not done so already, we ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. By giving us a five-star rating, it helps get the word out about the show. So I'd like to welcome in Kenneth. Let us start with the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints won the division with a record of 12-4. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers finished second with a record of 11-5 and and made the playoffs. The Carolina Panthers finished third with record of 5-11. And the Atlanta Falcons finished last with a record of 4-12. Up next is the Atlanta Falcons. And we are going to start right here with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, in comes new head coach, uh, former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans and Arthur Smith. Coach is from that uh, Shanahan uh, system. So expect them to kind of sure up this offensive line. Definitely go out and get a big time running back. Uh, somewhere in the draft. And what I can tell you about um, this uh, for all the Falcon fans that are going to be listening to this is think about what um, Kyle Shanahan has done over the past couple of years with the San Francisco 49ers um, as an offensive coordinator uh, there with the Falcons. Matt Ryan had some of his best years um with um, Shanahan, they went to the Super Bowl, him being a league MVP. So go back even further to um, his dad, uh, Mike Shanahan, and those two Super Bowls that they won in Denver, Hall of Fame running back Terrell Davis, the the line of running backs that, that played in that system for the past couple of seasons, seeing how uh, well Derrick Henry thrive winning the rushing title um, a year ago and just just absolutely thriving in this um, in this system. So that'll be something to look out for in the 2021 season. And you really got to um, find a way to where the Falcons have got to get under the salary cap. So where are they going to find some potential savings? You can't move on from Matt Ryan. That's um, almost $50 million in debt money, and it would cost you almost $9 million um, in salary cap space. So 
that's not going to free up any uh, cap space this year. Julio Jones, uh, almost $39 million of dead money. Uh, it would cost you about $12 million to move on from him. So could you see them maybe restructuring the deal for Grady Jarrett? Possibly. Uh, the same thing with uh, Dante Fowler Jr. Ricardo Allen, you could convert uh, maybe some of his money and and lower that cap hit. But somewhere um, they're going to have to find um, $36 million in um, cap savings just to get below the cap. And that doesn't even include them having the money to uh, sign their draft class. Let's talk about that draft class. The uh, Falcons come into the 2021 draft with 10 picks overall. We're going to concentrate once again on just the first three rounds. They have um, a pick in each one of those rounds. Number four overall, top of the second round, uh, pick number 35 overall, and top of the third round with pick 68 overall. So to go down a little bit further, the Falcons have one fourth round pick, three fifth round picks, two sixth round picks, and a seventh round pick. Now, they can do some maneuvering around, but uh, expect them to definitely try to get some impact players, especially especially on that defense, to really help out and kind of get themselves um, readjusted and try to make another move towards getting back to the playoffs. My burning question for the Atlanta Falcons will be this. At number four, can you afford to sit Pat, if you're going to take a quarterback and groom him for the future, given that we know Jacksonville is taking a quarterback and Trevor Lawrence at one. Let's just say the Jets do move on from Sam Donald and they take a quarterback at number two, whether it's um, the young man from BYU or the Ohio State quarterback in Justin Fields. With Miami sitting there in the third spot, if two quarterbacks come off the board at number one and number two, somebody is going to get antsy and look to jump the Falcons at four and possibly trade with the Miami Dolphins. Could that team be the Detroit Lions? Absolutely. The Indianapolis Colts? Absolutely. Don't call me crazy, but could the New England Patriots uh, do something that they haven't done and move up in the draft to get a quarterback that they may be targeting ahead of the Atlanta Falcons? You could see a simple trade, um, trade of one spot between the Dolphins and the Falcons, and the Falcons pick up, let's say a fourth-round pick and maybe a a fifth-round pick? Absolutely. So that spot that the Falcons in are sitting in at number four, 
could be very problematic for them if they want to get the quarterback that they are targeting just based on what happens with the New York Jets at number two and the Miami Dolphins at pick number three. Up next is the Carolina Panthers. And up next is the uh, Carolina Panthers. Now, the Panthers come into the offseason with about, let's round it up to almost $6 million worth of cap space with 58 players under contract. Now, other than Curtis Samuels and Russell Okun, there's not really a player on their roster they that they must resign. So what does that mean? For the Panthers, that means that they can create uh, some salary cap space just by uh, either restructuring some deals or just flat out cutting some guys. So some, some names to watch out for will be K1 Short, uh, defensive end, if they want to bring him back, they could they could absolutely restructure his deal. Uh, same thing with inside linebacker Shaq Thompson, wide receiver Robbie Anderson, and finally Stephen Weatherly, uh, edge rusher. Um, if they wanted to release all of those guys uh, or restructure some of their deals to free up some additional cap space. They have that decision to make here uh, coming up before the free agency period starts. Now, just for an example's um, sake and, and conversation piece here, let's just say if they decided to um, just flat out cut K1 Short, Shaq Thompson, and Robbie Anderson, that would give the Panthers an additional $20 million of cap space. So going from about $5 million in cap space to almost $26 million. So just saying that that's just some of the decisions that this team can potentially look at uh, in the free agency period. In the 2021 draft, the, Pan the Panthers come in with nine overall picks. Taking a look at the first three rounds, they have a pick in each one of those rounds, starting in the first round with pick number eight. In the second round, the 39th pick overall, and in round three, pick number 73 overall. They also have a fourth round pick. They have two fifth round picks, two sixth round picks, and finally a seventh round pick. So they have the opportunity to improve this roster, both from an offense and defensive side. So what do we know about um, head coach Matt Rule? and dating back to his days as a position coach with the New York Football Giants. Coach Rule is a former offensive line coach, so expect him to continue to beef up this offensive line, um, whether it's potentially in the second round and may even double back in a later round just to add an additional body to put on this roster. But my burning question for the Carolina Panthers is this. If Teddy Bridgewater is not their quarterback of the future, do they make a move and try to jump 
the Atlanta Falcons, especially being right there in division, and make a trade with the Miami Dolphins to get ahead of the Falcons and take their franchise quarterback of the future. So that's going to be something to watch out for, especially in this offseason. So take a look, especially if you're a fan of either the Panthers or another team in this division and you're wanting to watch what the Panthers do in the offseason. If they make a move in free agency to try to bring in an offensive lineman, that may be a wink-wink as far as what they may potentially do with that first-round pick coming up in the 2021 draft. After this quick commercial break, we will be back to finish up the last two teams in this division. We are pleased to be partnered with our dear friend Rachel Barbo and her organization I'm Changing the Narrative. The mission of I'm Changing the Narrative is to promote positive mental health and good love for yourself and others to serve as an inspiration for students, professionals, and parents to create an individual legacy of purpose, passion, and platform. Rachel speaks to athletes about taking back the headlines for good, showing them that they have the power to change the narrative and to find their purpose in life outside of their sport. To live lives of purpose, passion, and platform. Just like her inspiration, Alabama and NFL star, Kevin Turner did before he succumbed to ALS and CTE. For more information, please visit www.iamchangingthenarrative.org. Head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of our good friend David Walker's book, I'll Tell You When You're Good. This is the incredible story of Walker's demanding, provocative, bitterly fought career, and the most miraculous comeback of all time. Now the hardest fighting fight in Texas Ag who ever lived reveals his life as the on-field general inside the cold-blooded arena of college football. Join fans now in discovering the most disturbingly fascinating career in NCAA history with the youngster who lived it, including unique stories of a superb high school coach and the all-time game-changers for Aggie football, the Wishbone Gang. Walker is the only college-level quarterback to ever publish a book based on his experiences in amateur athletics, and remains the youngest starting college athlete ever. He held the single-season passing record at Sulphur High for 40 years and the single-game QB rushing record at Texas on for 35 years, a true dual-threat quarterback. Enjoy the flavor of Southwest Louisiana and the adopted Texas swagger in his unique voice as he takes you down a one-of-a-kind path you could never imagine possible in the modern era of college football. In so doing you will uncover what may be the greatest amateur sports story of all time. The Rebel Walk is your source for the best coverage of Ole Miss sports. You can follow our good friend, Ole Miss Evie on Twitter at Ole Miss Evie, and you can follow The Rebel Walk on Twitter at The Rebel Walk. Be sure to check out their website at www.therebelwalk.com. Welcome back, everyone. So, Kenneth, let us finish up with the two remaining teams in this division. Up next is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And our next team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Green Bay Packers to earn a trip to the Super Bowl being played there in Tampa on February 7th against the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's just take a look at where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will enter into this offseason from a cap space situation. They're going to go into 
the offseason with about $24 million in cap space, but only 31 players under contract. And they have some major decisions as far as their own free agents in trying to figure out a way to maneuver and bring all of these guys back. And the first name off the bat will be defensive end Shaq Barrett. We know that Shaq is having a fantastic season and, more importantly, a fantastic postseason. Um, that's going to be huge whether or not the Buccaneers can resign him for the number that it's going to take to get him resigned. But the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers also are faced with trying to decide if they're going to try to resign inside linebacker and making up one half of that dynamic linebacking uh, duo with Devin White, and that's free agent Levante David. You talk about the prototypical uh, middle linebacker for your defense. This guy is it, and it would be a huge blow to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose one or both of these guys in in free agency. Also, Antonio Brown is a potential free agent. Well, he will be a free agent, I should say, along with running back Leonard Fournette, Indomitian Sue, Gronk. So they have some salary cap space, but not enough to... I think satisfy all of the guys that if they're going to want to bring back, be able to do so. Now, they can free up some space by releasing tight end O.J. Howard. Uh, that would probably give them about $6 million in, in, in cap space. William Ghostin, uh, they could um, release him pick up another $5.5 million of cap space, possibly restructure left tackle Donovan Smith's contract because right now, if you do lose him, it gives you $14 million in cap space. But do you really want to sacrifice um, Tom Brady's blind side by... Um, not re-signing his, his left tackle. Now, you could also restructure Mike Evans' deal um, and possibly find some, some cap savings there. Also, um, center Ryan Jensen, if you just let him go, that's a $10 million uh, cap savings. But like I said, do you want, with an aging quarterback, assuming that Brady comes back uh, next season, to um, create holes on that offensive line. That's something that the um, front office there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have to sort out. Now, the Buccaneers do have eight total picks uh, currently in the 2021 NFL Draft. Taking a look at the first three rounds, they have a pick at the bottom of the first round, pick at the bottom of the second round, and a pick at the bottom of the third round. Now, the exact uh, pick won't be known until the end of the Super Bowl, so they could either be picking 31 if they lose or 32nd if they win. I think they'll, they'll take the 30, 32nd pick if it gives them a much-needed 
um, Super Bowl victory there um, in Tampa. Currently, they also have a fourth-round pick, two fifth-round picks, a sixth and a seventh. My burning question will be for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can you find a way to re-sign Shaq Barrett and Levante David? If not, it could be the start of a rebuilding process for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Up next is the New Orleans Saints. And up next is the New Orleans Saints. Coming into a very challenging offseason for GM Mickey Loomis, as right now the New Orleans Saints sit about $112 million over the salary cap. With 59 players under contract. Now, part one of my burning question will be this. Was that performance in the divisional round against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that the Saints lost, was that Drew Brees' final game in the NFL? We already know that Drew has a uh, basically a deal in waiting to uh, go to Fox and be an analyst. So does Drew retire and this team start to reshape and remold this roster? Possibly. Now, we just saw where a statement from um, the Saints and um, GM uh, Mickey Loomis saying that they are not going to basically blow up the the roster and start a complete rebuild. Now, the Saints' history, especially their recent history, has, has been to kick the, kick the can down the road and um, avoid paying the piper. I don't see, regardless of whether Drew comes back or Drew retires, how they avoid not paying the piper uh, with the salary cap. Let's just take a look at potentially some of the moves that the New Orleans Saints will be faced with making decisions on. And let's start with one of their best defensive players and has been for a long time in Cam Jordan. Now, Cam has a cap number of about $19 million. Almost $17 million of that would be dead money. So cutting Cam Jordan is only going to save the Saints about $2 million. Now, here's where they can start to find find some savings here. Now, mind you, listen to the numbers once I'm done with just some of the moves that if they made. Let's just say that Drew does retire and that cap number of $36 million for Drew, 22 and a half of that um, is projected dead money. So that's a cap savings of, let's just ballpark it, of about $14 million. 
let's also say that they move on from left tackle to Ron Armstead. You're looking at a cap number of about $16 million. $9 million of that is dead money, so a cap savings of about, let's round it up to $7 million. They're going to need a quarterback on this roster, and James Winston is a free agent, so you can't move on from Taysom Hill. Janoris Jenkins, cap number $14 million, uh, $7 million dead money. So if you release uh, Jack Rabbit, you're going to save about $7 million. Kawan Alexander, who you just traded for um, from the San Francisco 49ers, if you just absolutely cut him, which I do not see them doing, that would save $13 million. So what I expect them to do in this situation is restructure that contract and um, look for some additional savings somewhere. Jarrett Cook, $11 million cap number, but if you uh, release him, you're going to save about $9 million. Ron Ramchak, um, their starting right tackle. If you if you go ahead and release him, that's going to save you eleven million. To go down the line, and I'm not going to keep giving you all the numbers here, but if they release both their punter Thomas Morstead, kicker Will Lutz, Latavius Murray, running back, cornerback Patrick Robertson, tight end Josh Hill, Taquan Smith, even if they made all of that move, all of those moves, they're still about. $25 million over the cap, and they have to find some money to sign um, their best uh, player in their secondary, and that's quarter, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. So this team is in some very dire financial straits, and they're going to have to pull a Houdini to make all of this smoke and mirrors work with a cap that not only went down a little, it went down a lot. So burning question we'll get to after we go over um, the Saints draft picks. Now, we're just going to look at the first three rounds here because the Saints only have five total picks at the moment. They have... Four of those coming in the first three rounds. Um, pick number 28 in the uh, first round. In the second round, pick number 60 overall. Third round picks number 98 and 104. They also have a fourth round pick. I would not be all surprised if the Saints try to trade out of the first round trying to recoup some additional picks and possibly uh, maybe even uh, trading out of the second round and, and trying to pick up some additional picks So, uh, with, with their own picks. So just trying to recoup um, some draft picks here. So under that scenario, they would, instead of be picking at the bottom of the first round, maybe picking somewhere in the, the top portion of the second round with somebody else's pick, and then taking their second round pick, trading that down into the third round and, and picking up some additional picks. So 
that that's just some of the moves that they could potentially make. But my burning question for the New Orleans Saints is, how in the world are you going to manage a salary cap when you are this far over the cap? It's going to be challenging, but if anybody can pull off the smoke and mirrors, it's going to be their GM, Mickey Loomis. We hope that you have enjoyed this special edition episode as we get ready for the 2021 NFL and college football seasons. Be sure to head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of our good friend David Walker's book, I'll Tell You When You're Good. Please give a follow to our good friend Ole Miss Evie on Twitter at Ole Miss Evie and her fantastic site at The Rebel Walk. We are also proud to support our dear friend Rachel Barbo and her organization I'm Changing the Narrative. For more information please visit www.imchangingthenarrative.org. Be sure to check our good friends at Whitwell Sports. Their mission is simple, to provide the best product and service to their customers. They take great pride in their company, their commitment to customer service, and in the product they sell. Their website is www.witwillsports.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at Title Towel. Be sure that catch Kenneth breaking down the game of the week in the SEC on the Southern Gentleman Sports Show with the Georgia Dog, Pac-12 Dave, Noel Core, Irish Bill, Tiger Mike, and Ms. Callie Cash on the Ticket 850 where you can stream the show at www.wearesportsradio.com. Also be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at time underscore advantage. In closing, we want to say thank you for listening to this preview for this weekend's games. And remember whether it is the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, or the, the SEC and Mid-America Conferences in college football. Because we are the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network and we are here to help you find your sports advantage. For Kenneth and Billy, this is summer and a wonderful day everybody.